Hello and welcome to Delightful. I'm your host, Lisa McCrowan. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity to help you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. Welcome to Delightful. I'm so glad that you are here and that you are tuning in today. Today we are all about abundance, talking about abundance and I feel like I have a a different take on it that I want to share with you all. Same thing with manifesting. Manifesting in abundance, there are these words that you hear nowadays and thrown out in our pop culture, and I've got a different take on manifesting. So this is a really spiritual episode. It is about connecting with the divine, with the universe, with spirit, the benevolent and great mother, whatever language you use for that that sacred something that we are all part of and connected through and also is bigger than us. So I'm excited for us to jump in. Let's start off with this poem, Abundance. Abundance. The universe is benevolent. God wants what you want. She even placed the yearning within you that is growing stronger long before it was even a glimmer of an idea in your consciousness. Say thank you. It's already on its way. If you want more, ask for more. God is a benevolent mother who wants your heart to be so very satisfied. Go ahead and ask. It's yours. We all have wants, desires, yearnings. Sometimes it's an everyday thing, like I really want pad thai from my favorite restaurant tonight, or I wanna go for a run this morning. I want my teens to pick up their clothes off the floor. Sometimes we have a new want, like a new desire is popping up. Like I wanna practice more yoga right now, or I wanna travel out west and go on an adventure. I want some more plants around our house, or I want to be done with holiday shopping. <laughs> and then sometimes the want, the yearning is deep, and it's been there a long while. Like, I'm tired, and I just want some help around here. I want more intimacy with my partner, but I do not think that's possible given all the stuff that's between us. I want my child to be well. I don't want them to suffer physically, emotionally, psychologically, socially. I want my teen to have good friends. I want to love my parents, but it's so complicated. I want really good friends in my life. I want a different job that doesn't exhaust me so much, but I don't know how to go about doing, fixing, shifting that and making that happen. There's a lot out there these days about manifesting. And I've been wanting to talk a little bit about manifesting for a while because I got some issues with the way that it is experienced, talked about in our mainstream culture. And then I want to share with you because this is, I think, the deeper, more sustaining way of being. I'm just putting that out there. 
rather than, well, I'll share more about how I feel like it's 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 coming up manifesting right now. Because I, I have clients who talk to me about manifesting. And I want to share with you some of the things that I've seen in coaching and therapy about the way that manifesting is getting played out that just are are harmful, quite frankly. And I have some new ways to share with you that are deeper and more soul satisfying. So today I'm mostly talking about the deeper yearnings, like these, the yearnings within us that just go soul deep for our own well-being, for our family's well-being, our children, our dear ones, for the world. So the idea of manifesting is that you believe in what you want. You get super clear about what you want, name it, put it out there to the universe or to to whatever you pray to, whatever you believe in, expect it to arrive, and then receive. Okay, that sounds really beautiful. You name it, put it out there, trust, believe that it's possible, open to receiving. Sounds awesome. But I don't like how it gets played out sometimes in our society. The take on manifesting that I see happening. When I hear things like, for example, I'll hear out in the world, um, oh, I manifested a new Porsche. I manifested this new house. I manifested this new relationship. Or I manifested this awesome parking space during holiday shopping. What I hear a lot in there is I, 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 I did this. And here's the problem with that. As a coach and psychotherapist, I hear this. I've seen clients who are into manifesting. They get clear, they name it, they put it out there to the to the divine, to the universe. And then, then when they don't get what they, they don't get it, whatever the it is, they think there's something wrong with them. They think then they aren't, they haven't been clear enough. They, they don't believe enough. They don't, then they must not be worthy enough. In the manifesting world, in the, in the pop culture, there tends to be a blaming of the person. Like, if you don't have what you want, then you must not be doing something right. From the Porsche, to the cure, to the, the healing that you need, to the, the having a really positive relationship and everything going really well in your family, um, to wealth, power, the position that you want. There tends to be this blaming of the person Like, I don't have the house of my dreams yet. My child is still sick. My marriage isn't better. There's no Porsche parked in the driveway. I don't have the love of my life. The relationship with my parents is still messy and complicated. So then what happens is, because it's all I, 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 then I must not be good enough to receive it. Oh, or I don't believe enough that that, that I'm good. I don't believe that it's possible enough. I need to believe more. Maybe I haven't visualized enough or I must be doing something wrong. This sounds a lot like the prosperity gospel, just another manifestation, ironically, of the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel, and I'm not going to go way into this, but it's this idea in evangelical Christian circles that Here's a quote, the, the full blessing of God is available to those who approach God in faith and obedience, including these blessings, wealth, health, and power. So if we are faithful enough and obedient enough 
then God will bless us with wealth, health, and power. Okay, I've got big issues with that. And it's good that we have, if you too have big issues with this, because then we can enter into a deeper, healthier relationship with the divine, with the universe, with God. Because with this prosperity gospel and the way that manifestation gets played out right now and talked about in our culture, God, the universe, the divine, the benevolent mother, the mother, becomes some kind of banker or a genie in a bottle or a judge, a judge who who judges if you are, evaluates if you are good enough or if you have done enough, if you visualized enough. Or God is like a some kind of warped teacher that decides to, I'm just going to test you. I'm going to test you to see if you really want this or if you're really clear. None of that resonates with me. I tend to think of a, of a God in this way, and I hope you'll join me in considering this. One of the images of how I tend to imagine the divine, the universe, is a benevolent mother. As a mother myself, I can speak from this place, from this embodied space of being a mother. A benevolent mother wishes her children safety, peace, joy, to belong, to feel good about themselves, to not hurt physically, emotionally, psychologically, socially. We'd protect our children with our own lives. And yet, as a human mother, I know, and other parents know this as well, it's not always possible in this human experience to take away their hurt, their suffering. We could get into it, but nor would we want to um, in certain ways because it teaches a certain sense of resiliency. It teaches a certain sense of turning toward what is really true and deep. I think of God as a benevolent mother then who sits beside us, who suffers with us, who holds us, who offers respite and grace rather than a genie, rather than a banker or a judge or some warped teacher testing us or doling out blessings if you've been good enough or obedient enough. Yes, like God as a benevolent mother who is beside us. What mom, seeing that her child is sick and needs medicine, wouldn't go out into the middle of the night from pharmacy to pharmacy to find the medicine her child needs? And whether the fever breaks or it doesn't, she will be beside her child. This is abundance. This is a different kind of abundance than, than as a parent, when we give our children everything they want, the latest video game, the fancy car or watch, the extravagant vacation. And so I really do feel like the same is for the benevolent mother, the universe. It's about being beside us. It's about being in relationship with the universe. It's co-creation. And it's also a mystery. It calls us to look deeper, to connect deeper, to even surrender, to maybe not know why, to why this is here, um, this sickness, this ailment, this situation, to not to know why we don't have something that we really yearn for. 
And also then not to judge ourselves or others, but rather just to draw closer to and to deepen our relationship with love. An ever-deepening, heart-opening, mind-opening, intimate relationship with love. This is an abundance of grace, of wisdom, of love, an abundance of I am with you always. I believe that's the ultimate abundance of the universe, of the divine. I am with you. So let's take the Porsche. Let's take the Porsche idea, the the Porsche desire, wanting. It's less about the Porsche and more about the deeper yearning underneath that desire that I feel like the universe and the divine speak to. Maybe, maybe if we want a Porsche, it's, it's to feel joy, to feel freedom, to feel abundant, to feel wild and free. And as a benevolent mother who may not get their, buy their kiddo a Porsche, <laughs> gift their kiddo, kiddo a Porsche, maybe it's about attending to this deeper desire, joy, freedom, feeling wild and free. And maybe, maybe the seed of that is already here, already available with or without the Porsche. That's what I'm talking about here today. And and that is much, it's not as easy to talk about than, hey, ask for what you want, believe it, work really hard, keep working really hard to clarify your vision, to clarify your goals, and to really become so pure and focused on this, and, and then you'll get what you want. This is about seeing the universe as a benevolent mother, as love, love with a capital L, as energy that is here all the time in and around us. It isn't here to test us. It isn't here to get us or catch us in something or even to make us ask. I mean, what, again, what parent, I don't make my children ask for things, Um, we're in conversation with each other, we're in connection with each other. I believe abundance is about connecting with this universal force. It's about becoming so aligned with the divine that that those surface desires or even, even the deeper yearnings dissolve somehow. Mysteriously, I don't know how they dissolve because a grace comes in and holds us and is alongside us. Let me share a short poem about this. It's called, When Only You Remain. When Only You Remain. What if I opened my heart so wide that it included everyone and everything? So wide that I dissolved and only God remained. What if I opened my heart so wide that it included everyone and everything? So wide that I dissolved and only God remained. When I started studying yoga over 20 years ago, I was moved by yoga as a practice of devotion, devotion to the great mother, of being so aligned with the divine that as much as humanly possible in in our human experience is that we dissolve and we become aligned with the divine. Yoga means union. I think that's our ultimate goal. And so if that's our, I don't even know if goal is the right word, but is that, if that's the ultimate thing of our, of our existence, 
because we are spiritual beings having a human experience, if that is the ultimate of our spiritual selves, then it's not about all the wants and desires, every little thing being met. It's about the deepest desire, which is of union. Union. And anything that is going to help us, aid us in being more aligned with the divine. So it's very human. We, we ask, we cry out, we reach out, and somehow a grace meets us. And we are changed. Our circumstances may or may not change, but we are changed. And I want to share that, yes, we ask, we put it out there. Because just like in any relationship, we want to communicate. We want to, t- we want, we want to communicate authentically and truthfully, vulnerably. And I see that sometimes when, when we ask, we, we get the gift of eyes and heart opening. We get clarity, like a mirror being polished within us. And we see more clearly from the heart, from the soul. And so maybe what we longed for or strived for, we don't get exactly. Like we don't get the cure, but we get some healing somehow. Beyond our understanding We don't get the resolution in our marriage, but we get a flutter of a new way of relating with with boundaries and compassion. Maybe everything isn't so easy peasy with our parents, but, but our view of them widens. And we, our, our view of them, we see them more in their vulnerability and tender and perfect humanity too. We, we, we see that instead of judging them so harshly. We, we see them as imperfect and human as well. Sometimes when we ask and we cry out and we reach out and a grace meets us, our grip on what we wanted begins to soften. Our story or our take on things shifts. We see a larger picture And that larger picture is that somehow, beyond any logical human understanding, we're okay, or we're going to be okay. Somehow, there is goodness right here in our lives for our taking, for for our enjoyment. Or we, we feel less alone. Somehow we feel like, okay, it's, we're, we're not alone. And when this happens, when we gain this clarity, when this abundance, this true abundance comes into our lives, this makes us tender, alive, and even grateful. We see now then like, okay, oh my goodness, there's abundance right here that is, that's already here or the seed of it is here. Even amongst the suffering, the hurt, the grief, and, and though our exact circumstances haven't changed, we have changed. And if there's anything to do or shift still, a boundary to set, a bold action to take, somehow we have the fortitude to do it. The other day I was out uh, in our backyard raking the leaves, clearing out the gardens, bagging up the dead leaves, picking up branches. And as I was, I was doing that, I, I happened to look up and see the, the tall ornamental grasses that are in our yard. And they were glistening, they were glistening in the setting sun, like, like golden wheat and swaying in, in this gentle autumn breeze. 
And I stopped what I was doing and the thought came to me, if I were an angel and so very badly wanted to feel what it was like to be human, to see brilliant colors, to touch and smell, taste and be embodied, and I was alive just for this moment and this moment only to see these ordinary, everyday, tall, golden grasses glistening in the sunlight and experience this awe, that would be enough. That would be enough. And in that moment, there was such a peace in me, deep in my tissues. I was so very satisfied. My anxieties and worries were suspended for a moment. And I felt the embodiment of true true abundance, of peace, gratitude, deep delight. So nothing had changed. I, I didn't have a Porsche in the driveway. Um, not everything was worked out between me and other people. Not all my, my you know, all my, um, everything was just solved. Let's just put it that way. And all my yearnings met. The deeper yearning in me, a deeper, a deeper desire within me of feeling abundance was embodied. It just was flowing in me. And so, yeah, of course, that evening, the evening came and, and I can't remember exactly the things we did. And I know that at some point, my some of the old worries and anxieties found their way back in, but not all of them because I was changed. I had a bit more space between me and being discontent. Me and yearning, wanting certain things to be different. What lingers is a feeling that I'm shedding old stories that, that keep me from seeing clearly from my heart and soul. And there are now moments that I, that I want less. And I can just rest in the abundance of love right here. Even though there's still, how do I say this, like a roadmap or, or a, um, like a trail of a groove, like a path of still that I feel of some of the yearnings that are in me. Like, okay, I'll just give this example. When we moved to uh, this, when we moved to the town that we live in now, I had this idea that things, I just had this vision of how things were going to be, that we were going to be super close to all our neighbors. There'd be kids running in and out of the house. And uh, there were a couple of families that we were really close to and I th- or that we knew well. And I thought like, oh, we're going to have these potlucks and all these things. And I just, I had this vision of probably how my mom grew up in her, in her Polish neighborhood when she was younger. And so I just, I had that vision. And we've been in this new town for five years. I think five years, yeah. And that's not how it is. I have a really beautiful next door neighbor that I really do love. I just went walking with her today. Um, but most of the other people around us are, are older. The vision of that I had that was so full of life, it's not a reality, even though I have super tried. It becomes super clear I put forth effort. I've also surrendered those things. It's still not here. That's just one one example where things between me and a few people that are in my life, it's still kind of complicated. It's not super smooth and easy and just so delightful. 
And somehow, even with those, those deeper yearnings still there, there's an abundance in me. It's not me turning over, uh, looking at things on a positive side, although sometimes that helps. Like one of my friends, Judy, pointed out today, she's like, you know, if one advantage of <laughs> of not having a ton of neighbors all over is that you don't have that one you don't just don't you just don't have all the drama of of certain things and then you can't get away from it. I was like, oh, that's actually a really good point. Maybe appreciate what we do have. Um, but even without her pointing that out, there are moments when I can drop into and oh, there is abundance in my life that's already here. And when I do that, when I get quiet and I see, just like looking up at those those tall grasses, I was changed. I was changed. So my circumstances may not change and we may want them to, right, people? Oh my goodness. We may really want them to. And yet something mysteriously, spiritually arrives. It's grace. It's that benevolent mother gifting us with a sense of deeper peace, maybe for even just a moment. So I invite you to take a moment and just consider these things. To consider that maybe the universe, the divine God is a benevolent mother, is an energy of love, love with a capital L. And you might want to soften or close your eyes and feel the gift of this breath in and out. And then the next one and the next one, this gift of the breath. And rather than seeing the the universe as a banker, a judge, some warped teacher um, or a genie in the bottle. Seeing the divine as a benevolent mother with this energy of love, just pure love that we are a part of and also is so much bigger than we are too. And what would it be like to ask for anything you want I mean, this is prayer. This is prayer to just put out to whoever you pray to, offer up what it is that you desire. And sometimes those are surface desires, new desires. Sometimes they're those deeper desires. That's what we want to get to. That it's okay to express this desire. It's okay to desire. This desire is holy. Even the Porsche, because what's underneath that is a desire for something else a deeper soul desire. So ask for what you want. Maybe it starts with the surface stuff and then it can go a bit deeper. That sometimes we're afraid to access. Maybe, maybe there's some courage within you today to move through the layers of what you want from the surface to down deep and offer it up as prayer as an opportunity to connect to this benevolent force to be in deeper relationship 
with this benevolent force. Imagine that she, I'll use the pronoun she because God is, he has been used for God way too much over the centuries. So we're changing that up. Imagine that she wants or love wants what you truly want too. She, they want to be in communion, union with you. Imagine that. So God isn't some kind of banker. The universe isn't some kind of wicked teacher or genie in the bottle or judge or you have to prove anything to. And somehow beyond our understanding, imagine that that the deepest desire of you is already here. Already here. It is a leap of faith. It is. It does involve struggle and questioning. All of that is just wonderful too. It's just a part of being in connection and communion. I have a poem for you that's called What If? What If? So maybe with your eyes still closed or softened, and as you take this moment for yourself, you can let these words wash over you. And then settle deep in your bones. What if what you want is already here? What if your life is already lovely? What if there is beauty around you to enjoy? The red cardinal on a snowy day. The supple willow tree branches waving to the rhythm of the wind. The spontaneous I love you from your dear one, even if everything isn't perfect. What if there is happiness right here, ready to settle in your heart and your bones? Manifesting. Manifesting in my book is not about having to be so good and perfect and obedient and pure. It's not about whether you are doing something, you need to be doing something more, you're not good enough or worthy. It's not about anything you are doing or not doing. It's about relationship. It's a mystery It's a mystery I don't understand. I just know it in my bones that there is abundance right here. Even in the mess, even in the imperfect, even in the pain. I know that there is an abundant mother holding us, holding you, holding me, who will run, who who will run to the pharmacy, to the ends of the galaxy to bring down your fever so you can run and play and be in delight. So you will know that you are not alone, that you will be comforted, 
This is true abundance. And may you know this kind of abundance of grace and comfort down into your mind, body, and soul. If you enjoyed this podcast episode today, I'd so appreciate it if you would support the podcast by leaving a review on your on the platform that you use to listen to this podcast or a rating. Uh, a rating and a review would be awesome. And also another way to support Delightful is through Buy Me a Coffee. It's the site, Buy Me a Coffee. And that is for my Delightful Divas, those who are supporting the creation, the production, the time spent on doing this podcast. I'll leave all that information in the show notes. You can support it by a monthly donation or a one-time donation. And also, if you'd like to connect more with me, you can get on my email list. And I will also send you, when you sign up, my Soul Care Starter Kit, just filled with some wonderful practices that are body-based, neuroscience-based, that support your well-being, your holistic well-being. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, although a little bit less frequently right now. <laughs> There's, I'm just taking a little bit of a break, but I put a little dabble, a little thing of delight, a little gem of delight every couple of days. And so you can get some more inspiration that way as well. And if you're interested in coaching, check out my website. Again, I will leave the, the, the link in the show notes. And you can find out more about how it could be to work with me in coaching. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, may you be delighted. Delighted.